Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because... Like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah, uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Nice. Great stuff. Okay, let's go into it. Hey, guys. Andy and Dave from uh, Evertrack HQ on another Tuesday tune-in. Yeah. Um, yeah, today is, is all about... You know, every week we try and pick a subject. And last week on the live, um, good old Mick Hamilton brought up the old island peak. And we were like, well, I'll tell you what, this week we're going to be talking all about our trekking peaks. Um, now, it's one of the, you know, when it comes to trekking peaks, it's on all the different, you know, say you've got Nepal, you have, um, you know, island peak, um, you have Mera peak. Um, you know, but we also, Killy's a trekking peak. Uh, also, you're thinking of... Um, you know, when we're thinking of Tupcal, yeah. also as well in the future. I know uh, Miko is on it. Mick, Mick has joined. Mick, I'm blaming you for today's live. <laughs> but um, yeah, mate, uh, it's good to talk about the, the Trek and Peaks as well. And yeah, especially with things like Island Peak and uh, Mera Peak, because they're huge, uh, you know, in Nepal, uh, not just in size, but uh, you're getting more popular as the, as the years goes yeah. on. Um, great to see so many people on, all the regulars, Dave Rimington, Rob Jones, Mr. Micha, Miko. Uh, we've got Linda, Mark, Bry, and George, Heather, Patrick, Sinead, and of course, Mick. Um, yeah, do say hello if you've just joined us as well and give us a little little sort of thumbs up um, just to say you're with us. <laughs> Mick's like about time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, Mick. I know. Well, it's only taken, I think this is our 19th or 20th live and we're only... Where we, is it that many? We, we yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? We're doing, doing the weekly ones. Um, but yeah, Dave, how are you feeling? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good. A lot better than you. I'm walking a bit bit uh, easier than you are this weekend. Andy had a bit of a savage one on the weekend. I had an easy one, didn't do anything. But that's why I'm fresh. But no, mate, yeah, good. It's good to talk about the peaks as well because, um, yeah, you know, more and more people, I think, are going on these, uh, you know, the peaks like Island Peak, Mera Peak are probably the, and Killy are probably the three uh, most popular ones that we do. I mean, to be honest, if there's a peak in Nepal that doesn't require oxygen, then we can pretty much run it. Um, yeah. You know, Pisang is another one. Lobuche, we've got a couple of people doing Lobuche East. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's really exciting. So um, I know we've had a couple of people as well that have signed up and done. Um, it's not something we sort of package, but we can do is uh, Island yeah. Peak and Mera Peak in the same trip. 
Well, we've done that before, haven't we? We had one of our customers, Callum, who yeah. was, was adamant. He was like, look, guys, I want to do Island Peak. I want to do Mera Peak. I want to do both of them on the same trip. So, you know, we're always, um, we're never people to say no. So we were like, okay, what, what, what needs to happen to, to do that? So we, um, yeah, it was quite an interesting itinerary. That was about 29 days, Dave. Was yeah, it 29 itinerary? days, yeah. It's awesome. You spend like a month out there. So you'll, yeah. you'll arrive in Lucklow and then generally speaking, you'll trek um, over to Carre and then oh, yeah. to Mera. And then depending on how you want to do it, you want to jump in a helicopter and come back over to Namshi yeah. or walk back to Namshi and then from Namshi up to Dingboche and Island Peak. So, um, yeah, awesome, uh, awesome trip that is. But, yeah, I mean, you know, like we said, we've got lots of people going out to Island Peak lately. So Mick, I think, is due to go. There's a few others that are due yeah. to go. So we thought, yeah, we'd open the forum up and um, allow you guys to ask one or two questions on that before you start on boots, sleeping bags, <laughs> All the usual stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, no. If you have joined with any questions, do fire them away. I'm realizing as well as we're on here that uh, the same as last week, Dave, it seems to have froze. So we can't see the, the questions. So our social Yeti Lauren is also manning the, uh, the comments. So, yeah, um, yeah definitely. Uh, Lauren, if you can post those questions, I have got it on my phone so I can see you, your guys' comments. Um, so, yeah, it's weird. I got to sort that little techie glitch out, but we'll crack on anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Some people, yeah, I, basically, yeah, going on to the reason why I'm I'm kind of walking a bit gingerly the last couple of days. We did, um, I was up in Scotland with a couple of Evertrekkers, actually Doug and Tam, who've done uh, Everest Base Camp and Killy with us. And, uh, you know, good friends. And we did um, Seven Monroes in one hit. That was, it was absolutely beast. Yeah. And whatever whatever peak you're doing, um, you know, it's all about the planning. And <laughs> We didn't realize uh, that the descent, it took us nine hours to do seven Monroes uh, near a place called Glen Shield. And we didn't, the, the planning maybe wasn't the best it could be when it comes to the descent because we, um, we took a little detour and it took us four and a half hours to get down, which is probably a bit longer than we thought. Yeah. Um, but right, yeah. So let's just dive straight into it, Dave, with regards to trekking peaks. We'll, we'll start with Island Peak. Um, yeah. It. I suppose the first thing we need to say is why is it called a trekking peak? Because it's always a bit misleading, isn't it? Yeah. So Island Peak is um, so these ones we call trekking peaks. Now, yeah. trekking peak is sort of a catch-all term that means that it doesn't require any technical climbing ability. So you don't need to have any specific training in terms of like a technical peak, for instance, would be Mera, uh, sorry, uh, Amadablam, Amadablam, you yeah. know, which requires fixed rope climbing on mixed conditions, snow, ice, rock. Um, so you need to be proficient in those things as well as ice axe usage and stuff like that and climbing with crampons. The reason why we call Island Peak a trekking peak is because it doesn't require that level of ability. Um, you have to wear yeah. crampons and you'll have an ice axe and things. But essentially, the only thing you need to learn how to do is yeah. walk in those things. Um, so walk with crampons, walk with an ice axe. Although Island Peak is like on the cusp, you know, almost because there are um, huge uh, glaciers, especially in the top third of island peak um, yeah. where the huge crevasses have opened up so you, you know as you've seen like people in the ice fall they're doing ladder crossings you have to do that on island peak as well and some of them are pretty hairy you know it's like we're talking three or four ladders lashed together over some bottomless crevasse um yeah, and you go over there with the guide ropes on either side and you know step yeah. step step um so yeah it can be pretty exciting and it's pretty um it definitely adds a certain element of fear, you know, which I think, you know, improves things. Mera yeah. peak is higher, but it doesn't have that, you know, so it doesn't yeah. have like 
crossings and things like that over huge crevasses um it's more of a steady 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 all the way up um yeah yeah so but you know it is the highest trekking peak in nepal so yeah. once you've walked up mera there's not a mountain that you can go higher without actually having that technical ability yeah exactly um I, i'm just going through the comments here because i brought up my phone but unfortunately it's not working here um yeah great to see some some of the people on here as well but yeah with so with island peak then i mean mix just asked a really good question about weight uh, in terms of the, you know, equipment, you know, weight of the equipment, because because Island Peaks in the Everest region, uh, Mick, I know you've you've obviously been out there before to base camp, but to, to obviously anyone else that's going there, weight can be an issue in terms of when you when you fly in from Kathmandu to Lukla, so you've got to be a bit careful not to carry too much weight because they can sometimes be a bit fussy. This is the airlines now, as in they'll they'll weigh the bag and they'll think okay this is a bit too much, and then sometimes and we've seen it happen before, they won't take it, they'll leave it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there's options there in terms of getting it up to you, but it just causes a bit of inconvenience. So, yeah, with, with weight, Mick, um, you're right. With regards to the extra gear you need, if you did, say, for instance, have an extra five to seven kilos, you can do that. It's quite cheap, actually. It's less than a pound a kilo. So it's peanuts, really, in terms of having your gear. But I think, um, you know, if you are going to bring any of your own technical gear and you're coming on, say, Island Peak, what I do is just give us a little nudge to say look guys i'm going to bring my own gear for this um and then what we'll do is then we'll, we'll, we'll sort of brief the guide and the guide can have a word with the airline to say okay this is this has got to come with us the other option that uh, you can do if you didn't want to take it out there mick is that in shukum which is at the base of island peak is that you can actually hire a lot of the gear there save you carrying it all the way up they even have people's boots there and you know you know mountaineering boots not saying that's probably the best way to do it but it's an option um you know, if you're, uh, you know, if, if you don't want to sort of carry it all the way up there, but you know, if you're thinking your your, your harnesses, um, you know, you've got your Juma as well, you're using on the rope, um, you know, things like that that you you don't necessarily want to take with you. You know, your crampons, ice axe. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you've got your own, awesome, and you want to take it, but you can just use the the, the one at Shukung. It's relatively cheap there as well. You know, just to use for when you're climbing the mountain and down, and then you can get on with the trekking path. Yeah. Um, so I hope that answers your question a little bit, Mick, around the um, around the weight. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, when it comes to Island Peak, you don't really have to bring anything extra. Like that, you can bring yeah. trekking equipment that's designed for cold conditions, and that's pretty much all you need. Um, you do need a pair of boots, which is probably the uh, the additional thing that's crampon compatible. Um, but other than that, if you just bring a down jacket, insulated trousers, a sleeping yeah. bag gloves, hat, all of that stuff you're bringing anyway, you just need to perhaps invest some um, money into buying kit that's sort of colder weather, extremer conditions. Yeah. That, you know, you're not carrying anything extra. What you have got anyway, you know, is going to be suitable for Island Peak. Um, and you can have a few extra things. Um, like yeah. I said, the boots, you know, you're going to have to carry an extra pair of boots because we don't recommend height rending them. But things like harness, helmet, um crampons you know the ascender all of that yeah. sort of ice axe you can you know save kilos of that um by renting it locally um from jukung like andy said yeah i think mick's mentioned that he's just taking his boots as well so yeah great stuff mick it might be worth i, I know you're not going to start off trekking with them but if you can maybe wear your heavy boots on the plane because they don't actually weigh you which is a bit silly but they don't <laughs> yeah. um but they don't weigh you so if you're gonna you know yeah just and this is to everyone if you want to sort of you know try and reduce the the amount of you know the amount that the you have uh, in your in your bag try and wear some of your heavy gear and then when you land because when you get to Lukla you will uh, it's always early in the morning so you arrive there you know fingers crossed the weather dependent yeah uh, any time between sort of seven thirty and nine thirty and it's a relatively easy first day 
So when we get there, you stop for a bite to eat and a, and a you know a cup of tea, cup of coffee, and then you can also sort of change your um, um, you know change your gear. So if you're wearing your heavy stuff, you can just put them back in your bag and, and all yeah, you exactly. go. Just a little you know little um, little idea. I know Mick, you've you've been out there before. I think he's commented that's the plan. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, great stuff. I hope um, I hope that sort of help, uh, helps as well. Well, Haley Brimble um, has asked a question about yeah. um, fitness uh, and building your fitness in the UK prior to going on an EBC track. Okay. Um, so mileage peaks in addition to training weekends when they start again. So yeah, yeah training weekends. You know, um, just just to clarify, they're sort of we don't really. It, it's more like a dry run to get all those questions that you might have answered about kit, equipment, pace, training, and we show you what the training looks like. Yeah. Um, when you are doing your training, essentially, it's all you need to do is think about if you, I'm a big believer in if you're training for a bike race, you should ride a bike. If you're training to do a swimming race, you should swim. You're going to EBC, you need to hike. So do as much as you can, as often as you can. Um, in terms of getting out there with a pack on your back. I'm assuming you enjoy it anyway, so it won't feel too much like training. Um, generally, what yeah, exactly. I do to build my fitness is I want to concentrate on having a strong back and legs. Um, yeah. You know, so I might do some leg strengthening techniques aside from walking, um, you know, like getting your squats done and doing like, some good leg strengthening, which always helps because it's not so much about being able to like run a marathon. It's about managing your fatigue over a long time period of time so the ebc trek takes 11 days um the last thing you want is to completely cook your legs you know so everything yeah. is slow and it's difficult so i think yeah just get used to doing multiple days in a row is another good thing as well so if you are yeah. doing you know some long hikes you like six to ten miles um try and maybe do six to ten one day six to ten another day six to ten on the third day then allow yourself time to recover and yeah. take a few rest days and then repeat the process, you know, making sure you're getting in hills and stuff. And what that'll do is when you're actually on there and you're doing the trips and you're doing the treks each day, your legs won't fatigue because they're used to that pounding day after day after day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I highly recommend. There's no strict regime, although Lauren can post a, a fitness guide that we have. So if you do, if you are the type of person like me in a way that likes to follow day by day by day, there is a fitness guide that we can do. Yes, exactly. And, and something new as well. Um, literally in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I know um, uh, Mick, uh, who, who's on who's on the live. I know you, you know Stephen from Aim Higher in, in North Wales. Um, he does a bit more of the, the technical training. And though you don't need, you don't technically need technical training um, to do Island Peak because it is classed the trekking peak. It does help any time that you can you can spend with crampons and ice axe and on snow and experience on snow is helpful. So what we've uh, what we've come up with we've come up with a couple of different trips. One of them is a winter skills course in North Wales, and we've got another one which is a winter skills course in Scotland. So we've done a couple of these. Um, they're going to be over the next twelve months, facilita facilitated with Steve um, at Aim Higher. Um, we will be putting them on the website literally over the next sort of several days, and then you can book in on those dates. So uh, there's a couple of different dates for next year because of the situation this year. You know, with COVID. The uncertainty we, you know, we've had to cancel our own training weekends um you know we didn't think it's best to do it this year but um early next year when there's going to be some great winter conditions in the uk if you're looking at island peak or mera peak uh, even if you go into like mount tubkal in winter where there's going to be snow then um you know any sort of winter skills that you will learn any course like that is going to help you yeah. um so we've um we, we've we sort of created 
the weekends um, that we've collaborated with Steve Raim Higher and his team to put on these these sort of skills weekends, if you like. This sort of, one of them is a two day, one of them is a three day. Um, we've done the two day myself and Dave a couple of years back. And it's fantastic. You just use some basic skills. Um, you know, just getting used to, to sort of almost climbing and descending on on wind winter conditions and everything you need to know on that. Um, so it's very very useful. So we'll be just to kind of um, note there, um, you know, because it's a good question. Um, yeah, just thought I'd mention that. So, so asked about the ladders on Mera Peak and how yeah. the, uh, the team and the guides and the Sherpas actually get those ladders in place if they're needed to cross. Um, because they're, they're amazing at what they do. You know, there's lots of ways they can do it. One of them, they can bring helicopters, you know, and they can actually, you know, use a helicopter to either lower the ladder or the Sherpa onto the side that they're needing to get to, yeah. you know, and then they, they work together. So they'll lash one, they'll lash another, then lash yeah, another on top, you know, so it's like a, almost like like that sort of thing or, or like, you know, the other way. Um, but yeah, or there might be another way to go, which is not feasible to do if you're climbing, but to get around the crevasse to the other side and things like that. Yeah. So there are many different ways that they can do it. Um, the most, you know, the most important thing is that obviously they do it safely. And on Island Peak, they have got it because they know roughly where these crevasses open up. I mean, once they've opened, they tend to be there for years, you know, for decades even. New ones can open up, um, but you will have incredibly experienced guides out there that have summited Everest and many other 8,000-meter peaks. Um, yeah. They use Island Peak as a training peak um, and, and for acclimatization all year round. So those guys will know that mountain like the back of their hand. Yeah. And you know, go out there and maintain the ladders, check their fixtures and stuff like that. So yeah, those guys are awesome though; they're amazing. You want to uh, look up the ice doctors of the Kumbu. Um, so they call them the ice doctors. You know, they yeah. go into the icefall and actually lay out the ladders uh, throughout the icefall so people can climb Everest. Amazing stories that those guys have. I know. Yeah, that, um, I think he's watching has uh, got a lot of experience of that. He's, uh, you know, you should look up Everest. Yeah, Summit at Everest, and he's got a great story because he was caught out in the um, the avalanche. Sadly, took the lives of many of his friends, but he has an amazing story. So look that up. Um, yeah, definitely. With um, just going into this as well around, um, Dave, you said about how they actually put him in there and things. With, with the anchoring as well, it does change because because naturally across the glacier and glacier moves from year to year, so it does change. They do have to be um, you know made sure they're anchored very well and that. You know, because the 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 guys and you know the, the type of people they are, they'll test them first. Yeah. Um, they won't let you on there um, until they know it's safe. Um, but Miko is on here as well. Miko, great to see you. You're on um, again, mate. He's been on most of our lives over the last sort of few months. Um, yeah. But Mera Peak, the technical equipment, where could that be rented? Yeah. So you've got a place called um, I think it's called Carre. Yeah, Carre. 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 Sorry, apologies on the way I pronounce it. Um, which you it's the same there. You can rent it there um it just yeah it's very similar to like shukung so um it caters for obviously merapeak because in the merapeak region uh but again you're, you're you're still landing at lukla uh, so for merapeak and, and island peak because it's in the same region um you can you can rent it there and it as they mentioned as well obviously do think about you know slightly warmer sleeping bags um you know or, or colder rating if you like because um yeah it's going to be cold on those mountains but it's part of the challenge it, you said earlier, Dave, as well, about they use Island Peak as a training peak. I'm like, still doesn't make it easy, does it? No, no. But I mean, <laughs> if you're summiting Everest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, if you're summiting Everest, then, you know, you would do your training on Island Peak, I suppose. Yeah. As You know, that, that's more what I was getting at. 
But yeah, <laughs> Sarah Dickinson yeah. asked how many guides are there on the EBC trek per group. So if you had a group of, say, 12, uh, you'd have one lead guide. There's always one guy in charge. He might have yeah. two secondary guides, um, two to three, depending on the group size. And then yeah. after that, then you'd have the porters as well. And those porters will be, some of them will be more experienced than, than others. So generally, you'll have the head guide who, generally speaking, hangs around at the back of the group. Um, with the people that are sort of the slowest of the group, uh, making sure that, you know, no one's left behind. Then you'll have another guy up front who's leading it and controlling the pace for everybody. And then you'll generally have another guy in the middle. So generally speaking, there's always a guide near or near thereabouts. But um, yeah, at least sort of three to manage a, to manage a large group. I think as well, we, we're always passionate about, you know, when you're working as, uh, even though you're going on a group trip, we, we do like to work as a team. So even though we got guides at the front, back and middle, it's also about looking after each other. Um, you know, like for instance, just picking each other up, you know, say someone's not having a great day. It's just supporting each other as well. Although it's great to lean on the guide. It's actually nice just to sort of be that person to kind of watch your mate um, or the people that you're with, or maybe if you're sharing a room with, if you're going on your own or, you know, it's kind of good for you to be that pick me up as well. Um, I always find that that's always encouraging because it just takes, one person to give you a tap on the back and say, come on, we're almost there. Gives mm -hmm. you a bit of a sort of mental uh, kick up the backside. And, and actually, you know, you're, you're there. Um, Spencer Timothy. Hello, mate. Um, as mentioned about down jackets. I knew we'd get onto equipment. Yeah. For Spence to bring equipment in. <laughs> uh, would you recommend a good down jacket? Dave, how long have we got? Because um, um, we... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we could go on. Like. I'm not entirely sure. We might have done a whole episode on down jackets, but um, we did actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, th the thing is with down jackets, they're like, hey, first of all, for e if we're just talking about EBC or Kilimanjaro, there yeah. are some that you can immediately exclude to start to narrow down your, your search. Oh, awesome! The comments have just perked up, and but um, yeah, so you don't want to finally, you know, like okay. some okay. microlite. Those light North Face ones, you don't need one, really. I mean, you can bring one if you want, you know, but in, when it gets cold, you're going to want a nice, uh, dense, really high feel, like a 900 fill, 7 to 900 fill sleeping bag at least, uh, down jacket yeah. at least. So I just summited Kilimanjaro in February, and it was pretty cold on summit night, definitely below zero, because all of our water froze completely solid. And there was wind yeah. as well. And I used the, um, it was a mountain equipment light line. Uh, yeah, brilliant jacket, brilliant jacket. Really yeah. good jacket for the money you pay for it. I mean, they're always on offer. There's, they're about 190 to 220. Um, it's a, for the money, that is a really, really good jacket. Um, there's a picture of me on there, so you can see it's like a big puffer jacket. And um, yeah, that was brilliant. There are some, obviously, you know, I think as long as you stick with an, a big, puffy, dense fill down jacket from a known brand like Mountain Equipment, Mountain Hardware, North Face Summit Series, um, there's also another company out there, a British company called PhD, really interested in this yeah. moment. Ben Fogel used a down suit made by PhD to summit Everest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really interested in those guys. And I know they do categorize them. So you can buy a down jacket that's designed for a 6,000-meter 6, peak. So have a look okay. at those guys. Um, and, yeah, but I think the, the, the light line's a good jacket at the moment. Yeah, nice. Um, I know we're, we're obviously talking about the uh, mainly the, the peaks in Nepal, but Sarah Jenkins, I'll bring her in um, as a question. Nice to bring the questions in again. It's been a while since that happened. How much weight would we be carrying for all of our stuff to do? Killy. I knew we'd get to Killy before too long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we always. Um, but Sarah, yeah, very good question. Um, in terms of how 
how much would you be carrying when you're when you're hiking you want to be carrying as little as possible um you know if you've got like a, a 20 to 30 liter day pack you know maybe you've got sort of a few liters of water you know sort of two or three liters of water snacks maybe your warm jacket so you'd be talking sort of four or five kilos max some yeah. people do go a bit heavier if they're more comfortable with it especially if they're used to hiking in the in the uk or you know wherever you are um you know with a bit of weight uh, and then your big bag which is like your duffel bag um in terms of the weight of that you know we try and keep that at say about 15 kg so on all of our trips you know obviously as people carrying these things and although they're used to carrying heavy heavy stuff we want to try and make it as easy for them as possible but if you need it you need it you know um like you, you need your seating bag you know and you need your um you know if you bring in a first aid kit or if you, you know you need sun cream you've got to bring some stuff so um don't think they're kind of super super strict on that especially on killy they're a little bit more flexible because you haven't got to fly anywhere we're just driving and then we're starting the trip and then you're walking up killy and then down so yeah. you, you know, there's nowhere really where you get sort of penalized for too heavyweight as long as it doesn't go crazy they do weigh at the hotel just to gauge so don't make it too much uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i think if you aim for that <laughs> one thing i will say is as well that like a lot of people stress about getting the weight down to 15 kilos yeah. It can be done, you know. So I've yeah. done Everest Base Camp and Kilimanjaro, and my duffel bag has always, always, always been under 15 kilos, and I've taken everything that I've needed, you know. Yeah. So um, I think what happens is people have a tendency to overpack. You know, they'll bring three fleeces instead of one. You only need one. Just pack one, you know, and they'll bring, like, ten base layers, four casual T-shirts and stuff like that. Well, I didn't wear a casual T-shirt the whole time I was on there. I just put a stinky base layer on, you know. So, um be ruthless with what you take because yeah. the less overpacking you do, the more stuff you can put in that's like the fun stuff, like your snacks and power bank chargers to keep your morale up and stuff like that. You know, I would rather have like one fleece and five packs of Haribo <coughs> and two yeah. fleeces, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, uh, John is on here, the great Bald Yeti as well. Yeah, there's a few people have jumped in. I want to give a shout out to a couple as well. I know Shane Ryan, I think he had a bit of a bit of an accident over the weekend. So, Shane, I hope you're well. Um, it sounds like it was a bit of a bumpy one, but um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, get well soon, mate, I'd say. Uh, and also as well, I think, let's have a look, who was it? I think it was Jennifer Kay. You mentioned about, because um, um, I think you're familiar with the, maybe the hike I did on the weekend. It was the South Glen Shield Ridge, um, and it was absolutely brutal, but it was brilliant. And we did take two cars, yeah. Yeah, otherwise the midges would have absolutely murdered us because the moment we got down, we had swarms of them. My legs were paint by numbers the day after. So uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was interesting. But yeah, um, it's great to see so many people on as well. And Asha, uh, I know, is on here. And she's actually done Island Peak. Um, Asha's a, a member of our, our community as well. And she's um, always some good knowledge. So yeah, Asha, um, yeah, we might be relying on you in a bit. Well, you, you, you <laughs> that Asha's inbox is going to go crazy. You know, so. <laughs> I know, I know. I did see uh, it. No, it's great to see so many people on. I saw an interesting question from Joel Palmer. I was asked about rucksacks for EDC sizes okay. and stations. So when yeah. we talk about rucksacks, we were talking about day packs. Yeah. Um, now, the same one is good enough for EBC, uh, Mera Peak, Island Peak, that sort of stuff. We recommend about a 30-litre. You know, you've got a little bit of wiggle room either way. So I've taken a 25-litre to EBC before. I've taken a 35 to 40 litre to EBC. So I think about 30 litre is your sweet spot. You don't want to go on a too big, you don't want a 50 litre big Bergen or anything like that because you'll just, yep. and you don't need to carry that level of weight. Um, so I recommend about a 30 litre rucksack. You can't go wrong with a 30 litre Osprey Talon. 
that's a solid recommendation. Start there um, and that will almost certainly work for you. And then there's also low alpine is really good. Um, yeah. There's a German make, what are they called? Dieter? Deuter? Yeah, Deuter. Yeah, as well. But to be honest with you, I mainly yeah. use these days Osprey or um, uh, low alpine. They, they tend to be really good. And yeah, yeah, you can. So when you travel into the country, you can when you go to Nepal, you can bring a suitcase. When you arrive at the hotel, uh, the guys there will give you your duffel bag, which the porter will carry. So and then you'll just carry the stuff you need every day. If you've been hiking in the UK, you know what you need to bring. Rain jacket, snacks, water, that type of thing. Um, yeah. And use the duffel bag. If you go into Kilimanjaro, I recommend taking your stuff in a duffel bag already. Um, or you can bring it in a suitcase and rent the duffel bag from those guys. We haven't got the facility yet to make the Evertrek ones in Tanzania, but we yeah. think at some point we will be doing that pretty pretty soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, great to see some more people on here as well. I think Jim from the ABF. Um, Jim, yeah, say hello to Pete Davids from me, uh, if you see him. <laughs> yeah, Jim, I, I know you're, um, uh, you're heading out to, to Nepal really, really soon. Um, let's have a look. All the other questions. Diane. Um, yeah, Diane, great to see you on here again. Yeah, it was great to go up the Highlands. Absolutely love it. Um, Scotland's a fantastic place. And you're going to be out hiking soon. Yeah, you mentioned about, um, as I'm just reading your question here, because it's a bit of a bit of a big one, but you, uh, general training, anytime you're out in the mountains, it's good. I mean, especially if you're going to Everest Base Camp, Kilimanjaro, I know you're going to Machu Picchu and Tupcar with us as well. Um, it's just time in the mountains. As Dave said earlier, if you go in swimming, you, you do swimming. If you go in cycling, do cycling. Same with hiking. Um, you know, time in the mountains, just, you know, pack on your back out there, just enjoying it, putting yeah. the time in your legs, uh, especially if you can do over consecutive days, will pay dividends when you're in the mountains on a high altitude um, because you can't really train for altitude. It, uh, to, it, it, you can't acclimatize before you go, really. I mean, I know you've got the altitude tents, things like that, which can and do have percentage helps, you know, small percentage helps. But the time spent in the mountains is key. It's so important. So, yeah, I think you're doing the right thing. Get out there, enjoy it. Enjoy the time. It's fantastic anyway, in its own right. Um, you know, especially if you go to Ben Nevis. It's uh, Dave, I know you've got some interesting stories around Ben Nevis, haven't you? Um, yeah, last July we did the CMD route on the hottest yeah. day of the year. Um, it was brutal. Ran out of water. The only time it's ever happened to me. I took three litres with me and assumed that would be enough. Um, and it wasn't. And actually, I had one of these. So a filter bottle, but I left it in the van. So it was a little bit of a sort of reminder never to be too complacent my, my trip up Ben Nevis. I mean, it wasn't in any real danger, but man, the yeah. third was maddening because I ran out of water before the summit. And then anyone that's done Ben Nevis knows how long of a walk it is. It's a long way down. You know, when it's boiling hot. Um, I did drink out a couple of the burns out there just because I had to. And um, yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty hardcore. I loved it though. The CMD route on Ben Nevis is so much fun. Um, can't wait to do that again. Speaking of these, actually, I just spotted someone asked about them. Um, Leah. Yeah, we will be selling them. <laughs> yeah. Set up the um, the store on the website, and as soon as that's ready, we'll be putting these up, uh, yeah. and you can buy them. But yeah, they're not going anywhere. Don't worry, we'll definitely get you one. Um, yeah, we know we know they're really popular right now, and and we want to get them out. We want. This store has been, you know, if you've been following the community for a while, um, unfortunately, it's just taken longer than planned. Um, you know, it's, it's because we, we've got obviously a lot of um, a lot of people wanted to buy stuff. It's uh, we, we can't store it in the office. So it's got to be uh, our supplier and working that with the website is, is, is taking a little bit longer. But um, we will get some out to you as soon as we can, guys. 
because I want to see these out in the mountains. I use the um, the water filter, um, you know, the water bottle, the water to go bottle, um, the Evertrek one up on um, Glenshield Ridge, and it was fantastic. Uh, you know, just filled up in the waterfall, drunk it, happy days, and you know, at the end of the day, meant I didn't have to buy any plastic bottles. So, um, you know, kind of 100%. We want to get that out to you as soon as we can. Um, so look, just going through, guys. Any other questions that you can spot, Dave? Um, yeah, I got loads. So, um, okay. Here's the one. So, da, 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 da. so Lee Williams, uh, going yeah. to DC March 2021. Awesome. Uh, okay. How are you going? May 21. Okay. Um, yeah, I, so I've got a Gore-Tex pack light waterproof jacket. Is that sufficient? Yes. Do you need waterproof trousers? Yes. So, with regards to the jacket, um, yeah, I got I got two. I think I got two Gore-Tex. No, Gore-Tex and the Rab, whatever the Rab use, Pertex. Um, if it keeps you dry in the rain, bring it. That's fine. You know, some yeah. light ones do, some light ones don't. Some heavy Gore-Tex ones do, some don't. So trial it out first. Wear it out on a rainy day. If it keeps you dry, then bring it. Definitely bring waterproof trousers as well because they pack small. They don't weigh much. And you, I always say it's like a condom. You'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Wow. Is that analogy of the week, is it? I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh the tone down but it's the only thing that comes to my mind brilliant brilliant we talked about apples last week and now you're going on to condoms but you know it's all good at the end of the day yeah like you said yeah you, know, so, you need to have it wouldn't you exactly yeah so i always 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 pack to be honest in my day pack if i was to sort of label out what i put in every time i go hiking bottom of the bag waterproofs and then some water in the bladder snacks all around and that's it maybe hat and gloves as well and that's all i'll pretty much bring with me day to day because um the guide when you go on the trip will tell you pack your waterproof pack your you know your down jacket if it if he feels you're going to need it yeah. Um, so yeah so yeah bring them definitely because i got caught i think did were you yeah we got caught didn't we i remember the monsoon in september when we were uh, on the way back to lukla yes yeah that, Oof, that was fun. i mean i get to be honest because i'm such a champ i gave away my uh gore-tex jacket to a friend who didn't have a waterproof jacket and he didn't know sort of the route and how long it took. And it's already raining a bit. Yeah. So I thought, ah, take mine, take mine. And um, little did you know of the impending monster. I was, I was like, why, why did I do it? I'm soaking. So in the end, I saw this guy walk past me, a local sheriff who lived in one of the villages, with an umbrella. And I was like, right, if it's good enough for the locals, it's good enough for me. <laughs> so I walked into a store, asked the guy for an umbrella. He said he didn't have one. I pulled out a wad of rupees. He found one. <laughs> and I think I bought the most expensive umbrella I'd ever There's always one lying around if there's rupees around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, my dad said, because um, my dad was going very slowly and he was following me at the back. He said it was like yeah. following some city tour guide with the umbrella. <laughs> <You know? laughs> very good. Very good. Um, yeah. A couple of people, um, Dave and I believe Paula as well, mentioned similar question. I'll bring Dave up here. Dave, great to see you on the live uh, and Paula. Um, I know you, you guys are on here a lot. Um, are the duffel bags waterproof? Yeah, so they're made of, um, I forgot the materials it's called now. It's struggling to come with me, but it is, they are, we, we always put like a cover over it anyway, just in case there is any major precipitation, but, you know, we've never seen them leak. Um, they're made of, what's the material called, Dave? But it, it's, it's waterproof, isn't it? It's, it's like dry bag material. The material is called duffel bag. And... Um... <laughs> Basically, I can't remember. All I know Technical, is, um, if you've seen the duffel bags that are used for expeditions, so it's just yeah. hardware in bottom and like a, it's almost like a plasticky sort of material on it. So it's yeah. water, 
water resistant bordering on the waterproof but then we like andy said we couple that with the waterproof bag uh so that you know you'll have the water so together you know they'll be totally fine so we when it, even if it's heavy heavy rain um we guarantee that your kit will be dry when you open it up in the room to be fair you only really experience the rain at the lower altitudes most yeah. days on Killy, depending on when you go you'll get a shower in the <coughs> excuse me but, uh, when you go to everest it'll be in the lower altitudes above that it'll be um snow if it if you know it does fall great stuff yeah some really good questions coming through now um let's have a look yeah because Sinead mentioned about sort of dry bags and the duffel bag are handy yeah it's a very good point um you know, I, I tend to do that myself as well. I kind of have stuff stacks, so and which are sort of waterproof as well. So I'll put like, say, if I'm bringing like my GoPro or you know, if I got my power pack for instance, I'll put them in the dry bag just to keep them away from moisture. Um, again, that you know, as Dave said there, the material is um, is kind of water resistant, borderline, uh, borderline waterproof. But just to be be sure, have um, you know another. Um, sort of safe area if you like um you know just just in case i would um i think just it, it keeps everything sort of separate as well and one of our ever trackers and good friend um tom who came with us back in april 2019 he had his bag sectioned out and i was like wow that is organized so because most people just bung everything in it's everywhere andy your uh, bag stresses me out <laughs> i know what it is i know what everything is but i'm old school my bag is relatively organized to a degree not as bad as like like tom um i think his i think uh his bag was amazing like packing cubes everything like done labeled yeah. it was it was a thing of beauty i i respected it i've walked in because i always share a room with andy and i've walked in before and it's like whoa <laughs> you know because andy's bag is just like i've literally seen him go where's my head torch where's my <laughs> you know and then but you know it work, what, what works for you works for you you know so um like i said it worked yeah I, someone just asked do you need a, a padlock for kit uh, for your duffel bag no not really um you know people do don't they yeah yeah traveling like from country to country i'll always padlock it so if i'm using my yeah. duffel bag i'll padlock it but on the trip itself no you don't need it it's, it's yeah. not you know you're only going to be you with the ever trekkers and the guides and stuff it's all completely safe yeah um, so yeah no i've never ever used one on any of the trips or anything like that i think losing the key would be far more of a reality than theft <laughs> you know so um, that's a very very good uh, that is very very good point um byron um has asked about i'll bring him in so look byron great to see you on byron i know you've been on loads of our lives mate oh yeah. buy an evertrek buff we don't sell them but we give them away no they're 195 now and <laughs> yeah I, I suppose you could uh, uh, do we have any in the office yes yeah we do have stock because we we do um, our printer. So basically, when um, when you when you book with us and you get your planner, because we got a bunch of planners going out real soon now. We made some sort of changes and tweaks. Um, so basically, when you get that, your buff comes with that as well. So our printer, who sends everything out, uh, our planners and welcome letter, things like that, they get sent to you. So there's no there's no charge for these buffs. Um, and also, if you don't you kind of don't get one or you lose one, we we, we can send you another one. So I'm sure we can um, we can send Byron one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Sure, we got the we're gonna open the floodgates here. So like <laughs> Well most people on here have got one. I I know who's got them. Okay, I'm gonna be <laughs> before the end of the week. Then <laughs> um, there's a message. I can't guarantee when I'll get it to you because I gotta yeah. find one first. But um We so need to order some more, but they do the, the problem has been in the last six months, they do come from China, so we you know that 
sarcasm be great from from there. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, send, send me your address and I'll and I'll and I'll post you one when I when I get hold of it. Um, shouldn't right. be. I'll make a note of that anyway. Um, great stuff. Um, right, what else we got? We got Sarah Jenkins. Love to Killy for your birthday. I'll bring you in, Sarah. Great to see you on the live uh, for your birthday next July. Yeah, why not? Do it for your birthday. Um, great excuse to, to get out there. What crows do you need? Wow, it's um, we do have. I tell you what, um, because we could we could we could talk about all the clothes that you need. I'll get our social Yeti Lauren to post a link if she can. To um, yeah, we got a tick list specifically for Killy of all the clothes that you need. I think that would be really useful, Sarah. Um, other than that, if if you're sort of hiking in the UK, um, I know you mentioned you're a relative newbie to hiking, but the stuff you use in the UK, most of it is transferable. Um, and you can use uh, on on Killy. You don't need any technical gear, really. Um, I think the only thing uh, really I used on Killy that I didn't need in the UK was a poncho, because I mm. never I never wear ponchos in the UK. I just wear my waterproofs. But it was yeah, you do in the UK. Yeah, you do. I just don't wear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, but yeah, no, a poncho is good. Yeah, on Killy, just because um, it rains pretty much every day, and you can just get those big ones that go over your rucksack as well. So you can just yeah. throw it on quickly. Um, makes a makes a big difference. Um, let's have a look, Diane. You don't have a welcome letter, planner, or buff yet. Yeah, no, that's because um, they get sent out before the trip. But I think if you've rescheduled, but we uh, do you know what? Yeah. The issue is we brought these planners in, um, and but we because we make them personalised for everybody, so they've got your name on it. They're for your trip, and because yeah. we send so many people on so many different trips. You wouldn't believe the scale of the operation in order to get these planners made and sent out to everyone. Really, it's a whole other business. Yeah, with the COVID changes, it's been challenging, isn't it? But, you know, it, no excuses now. We will get it out to you, Diane. Yeah, we are going to get yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, it is um, it's tricky. But, you know, and obviously we keep adding more trips. <laughs> so we need more planners. But, uh, no, we'll definitely. Diane's booked on four trips with us. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, he's earned a planner. We'll get one out to Diane. Yeah, I wrote. I wrote. He's earned their planners, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, some good questions as well, though, guys. Um, I think Joel Palmer has brought up about charging for phones. Dave, I know this is probably one for you. Yeah. So um, I always bring power banks with me now. So they're, they're, I think they're actually on a discount with Amazon at the moment. The Anchor twenty thousand eight hundred is a bit of a beast power bank. Which have I got one here? Um, hey, Mr. Butters, thanks for joining us. No, I don't have one. But anyway, they're brilliant. So that's all I yeah. use. Now, to be honest, I have about five now. So I don't ever even use the plugs in the hotel. I just use my power banks. Base <laughs> yeah. camp or Kilimanjaro. One of those will last you for the, the trek. If it's just you using it and you use it once a day to charge your phone. Yeah. If you're going to be sort of lending someone what I call lending them a dot. So you have five dots. So sometimes I'll be like, Andy, do you need a dot? And Andy can get a charge out of it. Um, I bring two. Two is definitely enough. I bought yeah. five when I went to Kilimanjaro because we had some people filming. And it provided all the charges for me, all the charges for Andy, all the charges for Steve. So, yeah, the Anchor um, 26,800 power bank. I think they're normally 50 quid, but I think they're about 30 on Amazon. So check those out. Um, I just noticed Tamron asked about solar-powered ones. Yes, I didn't see that. I don't use them because where we go is either really really sunny and great or really really cloudy yeah. um, and if it's cloudy they're useless 
Um, and for the price that they are and the size of them, it's, you could just get a, an anchor power bank, charge it. Yeah, I, I've, I've never seen a really good one, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think they're a bit gimmicky. It looks cool. You think, wow, it's solar charges, but it rarely works. I, I'd stick to the, like you said, Dave, isn't it? The ones the ones you get. Is it the anchor power banks you use? Anchor power bank. I'm certain I have one. I'm a bit sad that it's not there. But you know what? I, I've got the case for it. That's a bit of a beast. But um, it fits in there nicely, you know. But uh, I don't have the yeah. power bank. Um, um, Brian, Brian McAlpine's made a good point. Um, one for you, Dave. Can Dave drink out of the water bottle? Just well, no, I spotted it and I gave him a sneaky drink without saying anything. So I think he'll <laughs> give him a little wry smile for Brian, you know, but yeah, just for him. So they're tricky. They, you have to suck it, man. <laughs> they do. That's the thing with these filter bottles, whether you're using one of these, uh, water to go, whether you're using a life straw, soya filters, which actually uh, they turn into like it's like a straw. You have to really give them, give them a good suck to get the water out, um, just to put almost get it through the filter. Um, but yeah, so oh, great, great. We've had a comment from Tom that's come in via another another medium saying that rolling your socks up is far more organized than us guys are capable of. So, <laughs> oh, I want to say, I think I'm getting flack here for Andy's bag. Mine wasn't too bad. And since I saw Tom's method, I am now a full uh, packing cubes. I am now a <laughs> I bought a load of them and I write on them socks. T-shirts, base layers, trousers, and then they all go in the bag. So when I want my well, yeah, pull out the base layer cube. And I've got to be honest, that's from Tom. Tom's brilliant, though. Tom, when you're trekking with Tom, he's like the sort of go-to man. Like, if my strap isn't quite right, rather than figuring it out myself, Tom! <laughs> <laughs> Tom will be he, is, he is a fixer, isn't he? He's, um, yeah, Tom is, is an awesome bloke. Um, very good friend, very good friend of mine. And he, um, yeah, he, he needs commission for those packing tubes because I think everyone has followed what he did on our trek. I think everyone's bought them now. Yeah, yeah. To be fair as well, I tie my laces a certain way because uh, Tom showed me. Yeah. So there's a certain way I tie my laces now, my boots, that's different to the traditional way that gives me a more secure fit. Yeah. They so, do work. They do yeah, work. Uh, and to be honest, we've kind of landed on one of the reasons why I love trekking, you know, because you'll meet people like this. You yeah. know, like, although I've known Tom for a while, there's there's always a Tom on every trip, you know, and, and you can learn from everybody like that, you know, so... What yeah. we do is give you the broad strokes. You know, what works for you, there's only one way to figure that out, and that's to get out there, get in the mountains and figure out what yeah. works for you, you know. And, um, yeah, that's that's what I did. Yeah, nicely put, mate, nicely put. Um, Amanda has asked about a decent camera. You know, most, most smartphones uh, are good enough these days. If you've got an Apple, Huawei, although, you know, watch out. Um, you know, if you've got a Samsung, uh, you know, even you've got the Google Pixel. Most of them, you know, capture the scenery. I mean, if you're really into your photography, we do have some people, I don't know if, if, if they're on here right now, who are, we would definitely say, are members of Camera Club, um, you know, who are on the trip. I don't, I don't know if Max is on here or Natasha. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, if, you, if you're looking for an SLR, um, maybe drop a message in the Facebook group, um, High Altitude Evertrekkers, Amanda, because I know we've got people like Alan Payne, um, who who has taken some camera gear out to Nepal um, and can recommend maybe some good sort of mid to high level cameras. Also, James Wright as well. Um, he came with us to Killy. Um, he was our resident photographer and, he, and and that's he runs a photography business. So he could certainly point you in the right direction. Um, so yeah, Amanda, I reckon put a post in the group. I think loads of people would jump on that. And yeah. Some specific ones. I mean, for me personally, because I do use the odd camera. Uh, I've got an SLR, some Nikon, 
55, 500. It's relative mid-range, but, um, you know, great for sort of nighttime photography, you know, but I, the one thing I've learned is all about the lenses. Um, you know, so get yourself a good core SLR camera and, um, yeah, and then spend a bit of money on the lens, you know, if you want to get into it. But then again, if you go into, there's one thing I've learned about going to these places is that um, technology doesn't always do so well because of the dust, moisture. So we kind of recommend really, if you're going to take uh, like an SLR to take one, maybe two uh, lenses max, just because otherwise you'd be forever cleaning them. Yeah. Um, and one thing I would say as well, that a really good way in order to get like really <laughs> pictures on the mountain is what I, I, I do is I go with someone that takes really, really good pictures. <laughs> and that way, I don't even have to take a picture. I just look at that and say, oh, and that would be a great picture, wouldn't it? And be a picture. And say, Can you send me that? <laughs> yeah. I, I do know if you do that when I, yeah, uh, when exactly. I take but it. But the thing is, because I think photography, every, everybody's an amateur photographer these days, you know, yeah. um, except me. Like, I, I, I just don't take a lot of pictures. I can't help it. A <laughs> <laughs> fee snuck in and fee is our new project manager or i well I, I hate to sort of steal a thunder i don't want to do this too much because i think she could do it next week but fee is joining the team next week started her new role as the bimbling yeti yeah. um so yeah she jumped in that's a nice little picture i have just watching there's a monkey on her profile i quite like that definitely not tom um <laughs> but yeah fee i can't wait for her to join next week um she is joining the yetis um and anyone else that's on because i did see a few people on here as well we are organizing the interviews for the other Yeti position within the next few days. So, yeah, we'll be letting everyone know. Yeah. I think a little bit longer than planned, but, um, yeah, we can't wait. We're, we're growing the Evertrek team to look after all of our Evertrekkers. Um, and, yeah, really exciting time. So, Fee is is great, fantastic person, but um, she's also got some great ideas for us going forward, um, you know, regarding plans for, for the future Evertrek. So, yeah, really excited. So, I think everyone give uh, Fee a little welcome. Do say hello. To the new Bimbalin Yeti. Um, I'm sure we'll be bringing him on to one of our lives or podcasts or something like that over the next um, sort of few weeks anyway. Yeah, awesome. Um, I just noticed one Mark uh, Van Rossum has said, can you guys take a drone yeah. on the Himalaya trips? Definitely uh, yeah. no. Um, in order to use a drone, you need a special permit. They are many thousands of dollars, um, maybe 10 grand for a drone permit. I think the reason why people, why it's not a good idea to bring a drone is because there's a lot of helicopters, low flying helicopters in the Himalaya, and they're going all the way back and forth, back and forth, back and forth all the time. Now, and they're going very fast. So if you have a drone up there at like high altitude, mixing with the helicopters, it can cause a yeah. catastrophic collision. So yeah, they don't do them. When you do have them, there are strict rules and regulations about where you can use them, controlled air spaces where they can fly and stuff. So I suppose the short answer is no, that was a long answer. Um, yeah. Quick fire, Dave. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it is frustrating because we were thinking of taking a drone up there to get some cool footage because you do see it. Um, you do see some footage out there and you're thinking, how the hell did they film that? Because, yeah, they've, they've specific signs now. And, yeah, if they do catch you, it's a lot of money uh, fine. Um, so they're passionate in Nepal about clamping down on that. Unfortunately, Mark, I know it'd be really cool um, to sort of take one. Um, but, yeah, what, what else we got? We got Stephen Powell dropped in about, um, wants to maybe look around a Purna, whether you want to do base camp or the circuit, looking for steady walk. Yeah, awesome, Steve. Um, you know, greatly did EBC. I think they're both really good. I'd say if you're looking for something like you've done Everest base camp, I'd say the circuit, yeah, probably for you. Um, 
Annapurna base camp is actually lower than Everest base camp. Um, so it's, or it, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's probably easier than yes. you see. So if you're looking for something a bit more challenging, um, I know with the circuit, you go over a place called um, Thoranglar Pass. Pass. Uh, so over four, uh, sorry, 5,000 meters. And it's, um, yeah, it's a challenging one. So I think if you're looking to do the circuit, um, I highly recommend that. I think you'd love it. It's um, the Annapurna region challenges the Everest. It's always like, which is better, Everest or the Annapurna region? They're both beautiful. I think Everest is obviously popular because of the um, the history. Uh, the Annapurna is uh, sort of popular because you've got this big massif, which you doesn't leave you in the entire circuit. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Steve, we'd love to have you with us if you're looking at it. Have a look at the circuit. Um, if you jump on the website and have a look at the Annapurna circuit um, page, you can download the walkthrough guide. Yeah. That'll give you a little bit more information for you, a little bit more in depth. Yeah, you'll also get to see main, uh, Machu Picchu, which I think it sounds like Machu Picchu, but I think that's right. Machu Picchu, Fishtail Mountain, yeah, which is a sacred yeah. mountain in Nepal. Um, so yeah. no one's ever reached the summit. Uh, <coughs> got a really good prominence because it's um, there's low-lying mountains around it, and there's this spire, kind of Amadablan-esque, and the top kind of twists into a forked fishtail. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, amazing, amazing, mate. And you can't, it's like Amma de Blam, you can't take a bad picture of it. You know, it's just stunning. Or at least Andy can't take a bad picture. Of it. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was thinking, Dave. <laughs> um, a couple more questions there, guys. Um, like I said, we're, we're coming towards the end, but any more questions, do post them. Um, do mobiles work on the peak in cold for taking photos? Yeah, um, I mean, whether you're on sort of Island Peak, Mera Peak, Kili, Tupkal, um, any sort of peak really, um, you know, it is going to be cold and it does drain uh, the, your battery. <clears throat> so most people, and, and, and I do as well, I keep my phone sort of close to my chest to kind of, so it's a bit warmer. Um, but yeah, do do take note. I mean, you know, hopefully it'd work for you. Maybe take a GoPro as backup, but we've, we've heard of people, you know, people who reach the summit with us, they've had summit photos taken using a mobile. So it just depends on the conditions, I feel, I, I think, Leah. Um, you know, if it's really... If it's really good make sure it's fully charged maybe wrap it in a sock just to keep it extra warm and then put it in you know maybe that might sort of insulate it a little bit um just so it keeps um yeah to get that want to get that, that big shot for you that money shot we need the um uh, when you're on the summit um one for you dave i know you're you're big on this one oh so wrong one sorry see <laughs> um is sarah mentioned about laces have you used lock laces on your boots no, no. The most uh, I've got, I had a pair of Morels um, yeah. that had the, I think it's the BOA lacing system. So it's yeah. like the, the wired lace with the, the dial on the side. I had some of them. They were pretty good, but I didn't like them because they didn't have much flex, you know. So I use I use traditional laces and I use a different method to tie them. Um, I, I could probably find it on the internet and post it if you wanted. Um, but basically you go around and up cross back down and tie the knot sort of more on sort of the ankle of the, boot, <coughs> the front ankle so um, no, i've not used lock laces purely because I, I like to have a bit of give i like to be locked in but you know after a while a day of trekking your feet can flex and stuff like that so actually i prefer traditional laces on my boots um but yeah. no, if you've used them i'd love to hear about them and see what your take on is because uh, it's not something that i've got extensive experience with um but yeah, yeah it's very interesting wouldn't it yeah, it'd be interesting to see sort of what they're like, because I've never used them either. Um, I've always used, I'm like you, Dave, I'm, I kind of use the laces. And although um, another shout out to Tom about the laces, because, yeah, that, that it, they do work, don't they? They lock it in. Yeah. Um, with that one. I think Chris, Tom, Chris, great to see you on again, mate. 
ask any further with K2 Basecamp. Yeah, we haven't. We kind of put that on the back burner, um, not for um, not for any major reason other than when it did come about, which was the beginning of this year. Obviously, the craziness, Corona chaos hit. Um, so it is there. Yeah. Um, so again, uh, Fee, who's joining the team, and our other uh, Yeti, uh, Yeti to be decided. Um, sorry, I had to do that. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is we're going to push forward with all these kind of ideas and new trips because we've K two base camps one of many. We're looking to get off the ground um you know obviously we got core um sort of trips that are really really awesome right now but uh yeah chris we'll, we'll keep you updated as always mate i know you're on most of the lives every week um yeah if k2 base camp was going to be live we would be talking loads about it so yeah just keep keep your eye out for that one um you know we're as excited for you i think dave that's been your on your bucket list for years mate yeah it? one of my favorites because of it just because of the nature of the trip you know it's very it's camping it's wilderness it's very uh, you know it's very sort of it's a raw, unfiltered sort of trip. I really love that. But so, yeah, I'm going to be, as soon as it, we're able to, like, we were all ready to go. You know, we had everything sort of lined up to, you know, start the process. And then obviously with COVID and everything like that, all our travel options got shut down for the first half of the year. So we didn't yeah. really have much option um, because, you know, we always like to go out there, meet the, meet the people that we're going to, we're going to actually be on the ground in Pakistan doing the trip and make sure that everything is an is ever trackified, you know, so we know what we're going to be providing. We haven't been able to do that. So, but mate, it's hundred percent going to happen. We're going to push for it. I mean, there's that, you know, there's, 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 you know, lots of other things that we're going to be planning to do, you know, maybe some stuff in North America, maybe yes. um, Elbrus and things like that. You know, these are all things that are on our list of, uh, of trips. So we want to get out. Akinkag was probably going to be the next one, I'd say. It is the next one. Yeah. It's pretty much almost done now. Um, you know, we've just got a few things. It's been, been almost done for a while, but uh, we can't wait. Um, yeah. Diane's just asked a good question as well. Is the highest summit in Europe a technical climb? Not really, um, Diane. No, um, you've got Elbrus. It's one of the seven summits uh, being the, you know, obviously the highest mountain in each continent. Um, but it's not classed as a technical mountain because it's, um, although you're, you know, using fixed ropes, uh, ice axe, crampons, um, again, there's different routes, uh, depending if you're coming from the Russian side or from the Georgian side. Um, but yeah, we, the, the route we kind of use, um, or we will be using, um, will be, uh, one of the, uh, probably more popular routes because it's a little bit easier. Um, although, you know, we'll, um, yeah, we're quite excited about Elbrus and again, uh, as, uh, like Chris has mentioned there about K2 Basecamp, um, it's one of those things we're really excited about sort of pushing on with and getting out there, testing it, making sure, like Dave said, it's ever trekified, making sure that it's as good as all the other trips because we don't want to just run the trips just because we can. We want to make sure they're good. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we could run every trip in the world. Yeah. You know, from tomorrow if we wanted to, but there's a certain level of quality and safety um, yeah. that, goes with it, that, that goes with the trips that we run. So I think we're definitely going to, do it but um mate it'll 100 percent happen because it's been on my bucket list for a long long time yeah yeah um i see jerome mount washington yeah you know that's on the radar denali it's on the radar you know certain aspects of the appalachian uh trail and things like that i mean they mate, the world is out there you know if, if there's a hardcore sort of adventure in the world we're interested in it uh, yeah definitely if it involves the mountains um you know then you know that's that's our domain at the end of the day so yeah. Um, awesome. Right. We come to the end now. I know we've we've kind of covered off most of the questions. I know there's um, a few. I'm just going through here. But yeah, if we haven't sort of answered your questions, we'll come back and and sort of um, you know tackle them. But it's been great, Dave. I know we, as always, we all start off talking about the mountains, Island Peak, Mera Peak, and we always go and end up on something else. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, so we started on a peak and we finished on a peak. You know, so. <laughs> Very good. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Now, great. Great to see everyone on here. We'll be back um, next week. Um, to, you know, try and do a different different subject. In the interim, any questions at all, um, just drop us a little message at info at evertrek.co.uk. Um, again, if you, if you didn't quite catch this live uh, or all of it, we'll be putting it on the YouTube channel and also on the podcast as well if you want to listen to it. Yeah. Um, within the next couple of days but uh, yeah Dave awesome mate well done awesome. um, yeah see you in 30 seconds yeah see you in 30 seconds mate yeah everyone see you Tuesday yeah cheers guys Always bye 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 awesome so I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast um, yeah that was something a little bit different wasn't it from the Tuesday tune in but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it I must say you were brilliant on that episode and <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs>